Hey, welcome to Woman Birders Happy Hour. I'm your host and mixologist, Hannah Bushert. I'm a birder, a woman, and someone who enjoys a good drink. Join me as I talk to women from around the world, from all walks of life, that enjoy birds too, about their experiences, what it's like to be a woman birder, and advice they have for others. I'll also have a different cocktail to share with you that pairs nicely with this chat. It has definitely been a wild week here in the U.S. with the most recent election, and I'm excited to just kind of tone it all down um, by talking with my awesome new friend, Stephanie Lopez, who I met through the birding co-op. And I just can't believe I've never met her in my visits to the Rio Grande Valley. She's a passionate naturalist whose excitement for birds, birding, and butterflies is just super inspiring. She stumbled into birding while on a visit to the National Butterfly Center in Mission, Texas. And if you've been there, it's a gorgeous location right on the Rio Grande River in Mission. And just, you know, feels like a whole special world. And she just fell in love with nature and with wildlife. Her life was changed through a short nature walk there. Um, you know, as, as many people probably have a similar story. And I just have to tell you how inspiring and happy Stephanie makes me. I've been on a lot of Zoom calls with her recently um, through the birding co-op. And I just have to tell you, her enthusiasm and positivity is infectious. And Eric can attest that sometimes as she's talking, um, when we're on these calls, I start to tear up because I'm just so happy that she loves birds and nature and that she's found this special place. Stephanie's most memorable bird was a snowy owl, and you'll hear her tell the story about the, seeing this incredible bird. But snowy owls are white owls. Um, I'm sure that you've probably seen a picture of one. They're just absolutely gorgeous birds, and they have varying amounts of black or brown markings on their body and wings. And oftentimes females have more dense speckling than males. And males are paler and become more white as they age. And they all have just, you know, brilliant yellow eyes. Snowy owls are typically seen in the tundra, open fields, beach dunes, treeless places where they like to sit on the ground or logs to survey the area. And normally you would find these species in northern places like Canada and Alaska and North America. But they do have eruptive years and they have even been seen very far south in Texas and Florida. And this is attributed to lemming cycles. And we actually had one just recently being seen in the Seattle area, which I'm waiting for more consistent um, sightings to come through before chasing it up there. So to make yourself a snowy owl, what you'll need is one ounce of light rum, one ounce of vodka, half an ounce cream of coconut, one ounce half and half, a handful of chocolate chips, you might want to do like the mini chocolate chips, or maybe crunch them up, and ice. So directions, pour that all into a shaker, just shake, 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 shake and then strain it into a glass. This cocktail is based on one that's called Snowfall because it has the beautiful snow white of this bird, but it also has those chocolate chips in it because the females typically have more speckling. And it's an, a martini, which I think is an elegant drink, and this is an elegant bird. So grab whatever you've got to drink, whether it's this cocktail that we've made for this episode, coffee, wine, water, or something else for another interview with an amazing woman birder. I hope it inspires you. I hope it educates you. And I hope that it helps us work together to build an even better birding community that's supportive and accepting of all. And please enjoy this happy hour. So 
Um, thank you so much, Stephanie, for joining me for this episode of Women Birders Happy Hour. Please tell us about yourself and where you work and all that. So my name is Stephanie Lopez. I am from the Rio Grande Valley. That means I'm South South Texas. People always think, okay, you're from San Antonio. No, there's another whole world down there. <laughs> I am right at the tip right before we hit Mexico. Um, I work at the National Butterfly Center. I am actually the nursery manager there. And I also do education. So we all wear like different hats around there. But yeah, it's the best. And I, I love to bird. <laughs> That's awesome. Have you lived down there your whole life? Yes, yeah, so I've lived here my whole life. My family came from Mexico, and I'm actually the only one from my family that was born here. Oh, so wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So how did you get started in birding? Oh, that's a fun story. So I actually was a pre-med student. I was getting ready to take my MCATs. Like, um, I was taking a lot, of, like, not the, the MCATs, but, like, the pre, you know, trying to get ready for it. Mm -hmm. And I was really stressed out. I was losing my hair. Everything was going on. And um, for some reason, I just needed to change. And at that moment, I had uh, I took my friend with me. We had been seeing a lot of talk about this National Butterfly Center. So there was signs posted, but I didn't even know where it was. Uh, we drove down there because there was a bird walk being advertised. So we went, we went on a bird walk. I remember... Um, Luciano was our guide and he started talking about birding and look at these cool birds. I'd never seen a green jay. I'd never seen chachalacas. I mean, I'd been called one, mm -hmm. but I hadn't, <laughs> I hadn't seen one. And we went to the back 70 area and he said, you know, there's people who are birders and they do this for, you know, like they have this, like their hobby. This is what they do. And they list them. And I had a little scrap piece of paper. I think it was even our receipt from like a, a diner that we ate at. <laughs> and I had a pen and I wrote down number one, green heron. And it all went from there. Birding really changed my life completely. It changed my life, like my personal life. It changed my career, my career path. I right away just switched it all. I started going towards... Um, Anything that I, anything and anywhere that I could learn more about nature and what was here in the valley, I would go, I would go to like talks. Then I found the Texas Master Naturalist Group. Um, and there I even got more immersed into birding because you have to take like a bird, like the ornithology class, you know? Mm -hmm. So from there, it just, it just took off. It completely changed everything. So how long um, have you been at the Butterfly Center? I've been at the Butterfly Center now five years. So how long was it in between the time you went on that first bird walk to when you started at the Butterfly Center? Let's see. My first, uh, first day of birding, my anniversary of birding is April 3rd, 2015. And I started working at the Butterfly Center in September, 2015. Oh, so, so wow. So that was pretty quick then. <laughs> yes. I'm trying to figure out. Four, uh, five months. Yeah. And I think it would have been faster. Uh, <laughs> that's another story. So I started there. Uh, I went, I went birding there and then I kept going to every walk that they offered. It was funny. Uh, Luciano, my coworker now, he's my, he's like my anniversary buddy. <laughs> he, um, he said he thought we were stalking him 
because we kept showing up to all his bird walks. And he even told us, you know, there's other places, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then from there, you know, it, it, we went like that. But um, I started volunteering there. I started volunteering and then I went to Estero Llano mm -hmm. to the state park and they, um, because there was a northern, I'm going to pronounce it wrong, northern Jacana, northern Hakana. Yeah, Jacana. Okay, so it was, uh, that was my first chase. So they announced it, we went there and that night they were having a night hike mm -hmm. or like, like around those days and I ended up getting, um, getting stung, like bit, stung bit by a scorpion. Oh my gosh. During the night hike. And <laughs> so I was fine the first day. And then I realized I was allergic. Oh no. Yes. So I'm extremely allergic to scorpions. And then I went into like, I peeled my skin five times. Like a, like, like if I was a scorpion, the oh. scorpion queen here. <laughs> <laughs> and that kept me away from the butterflies under for a little bit. And when I showed up again, they were looking like they were like ready to hire. So I started right away. <laughs> So that, that was probably what, John Yoakum's fault that you got stung by a, yeah. a scorpion? <laughs> it was funny because we were at like, you know how they do uh, the class right before? Mm -hmm. They show you what you might see during the walk, um, how to find them, the fact they glow in the dark, you know, all this cool yeah. stuff. And I had kept finding them. We were looking with the black lights and I kept finding them and the tarantulas. And he's like, wow, you really have an eye for them. <laughs> But, you know, he had already told me that nothing would happen, you know, you're fine, which is true, but I would have never known I was allergic. And there was kids in the group. So even then, like, I got stung, and it was six times. It was my neck, like, over here, right around my neck, because it was, wow. like 18, it fell off a mesquite. And I didn't make a big deal. I didn't panic. I didn't anything, because there was kids in the group, and I didn't want to scare them. Yeah. Um, but like way later, I told him about it, and he's always been like amazed that that happened to me. <laughs> it oh, it makes wild. a good story. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, what has been your most memorable bird that you've seen? Oh, that's a fun one. So I thought a lot about this one. Like, what would be a memory memorable bird? Um, I think for me, it would be the snowy owl. I was thinking like what would like my my snowy owl was Paul that one I I had heard about it the snowy owl and I was like when am I ever gonna see a snowy owl and suddenly there was all these reports of the snowy owls being seen and there was one in Odessa mm -hmm. and I thought that's too far uh, it's not a chaseable bird for me yeah but then I was eating at a Chinese restaurant and there was like a the Weather Channel was talking about snowy owls. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, I was like, okay, I'm going. I, I hope it stays there. And that snowy owl stayed a week. Wow. So the snowy owl, we went to go look for it. And um, we looked for it all over the place where they had said they had seen it. Mm -hmm. And we couldn't find it. We were about to give up. And of course, you know how we have text bird alerts. I got an email when I was already giving up. I was already ready to drive back home. And it, and it said, spotted in a field. And I saw a man with a scope on the side of the freeway. And I did a U-turn, very, very dangerous one. <laughs> and it was there in the middle of a, of a field full of trash. Oh, my god! It was, like, just, like, there. Yes. It was it looked like a trash bag from far away. I would have never seen it with my binoculars. But there was a man with a scope. Thank God huh. for people with scopes. <laughs> 
right? and he let us borrow it and i got the snowy owl and video that's amazing oh my gosh that is that's a really good story it was a fun nine hour drive <laughs> <laughs> that yeah that's a long way to go to chase a bird <laughs> <laughs> but when else was I, I gonna see one you know I was like when am I ever gonna go up north and traveling and it was the it was the moment to go <laughs> well I'm glad that worked out and that you guys got to see it uh, what influences have you had in your birding Ooh, I have had um I I didn't even think about I I so my influence in birding, I haven't really, I don't know how to pronounce her last name now because I, I've heard it different ways, but it's been Mary Gustafson for me. She is just incredible. Ever since I first started birding, um, I remember I had gone to the South Padre Island Convention Center mm -hmm. and I thought I saw an Eastern Kingbird. So I posted it. I, d I had never been asked like, what, like, are you sure that's what you're looking at, you know? Yeah. And I got a little message and said, Mary Gustafson, eBird reviewer. I remember the everything. And um, I was pretty impressed that I was like, who's an eBird reviewer, you know? And yeah. then I met her. And ever since I met her, she has been probably the biggest influence for me. Um, a great teacher. I think it's like, an, like just an awesome, awesome time every time I get to bird with her. I learn a lot. I have been doing the our big sits at the Butterfly Center. Mm -hmm. So we have our team, the Double Stuffed Orioles. And she's part of the team. And she likes to do the 5 a.m. a shift. So I like to join her because she can bird by ear. Mm -hmm. So she really gives me pointers and what I can learn and how I, I can um, identify them. And I think that's been my biggest influence. I've learned that dick sizzles sound like they're farting, <laughs> like little <laughs> farts when they're flying over. <laughs> So I, and um, that's like my most memorable uh, one that she's taught me. I know there's been so many, but that's like my favorite one. Every time she says it, I'm like, there goes the dick sizzles. <laughs> but you know, that's, that's funny. I, um, I, while doing this podcast and, you know, thinking about like, you know, birding and, and everything, I've always wondered, like, I've always thought like, I don't have a mentor, you know, I never had a mentor. I never had somebody that like helped guide me. But, you know, the more I've thought about it, I think Mary was the closest that I've ever had to a mentor, yeah. too. She, when we first moved to the Valley, you know, she went out birding with me and she'd come to the park all the time and like, you know, get me out and get me going. And she really kind of showed me what a woman birder can do. So I'm, I'm so glad that you you know her, and, <laughs> you know, she's made an influence on your life. Yeah, exactly. And it's so it's it's different to bird with her. Because even when you're surrounded by a lot of men, <laughs> she always, like, she stands out, you know, she's, she's that, she has this, uh, like, a conviction, and she's confident, and she knows what she's talking about, and um, usually when I'm around other men, I, I, I kind of overthink, mm -hmm. so, like, even if I know what I'm looking at, or what I'm listening to, I kind of panic, and she's like, are you sure, you know, she tells me, like, why do you think that's the bird that you're looking at? Yeah. So you do know, you know, and she like, a lot, like makes me um, feel comfortable to, you know, to say that I am saying the right ID. She's always helped me in that. And um, yeah, she's definitely just a great, a great person and a great writer. I'm so glad to call her my friend for sure. <laughs>
Well, that's fantastic. Um, do you feel that you found your place in the birding community? Mm. Like in my area? Um, in your area or, you know, worldwide, however you, you uh, okay. take that question. Yeah. Um, I think I haven't yet. Um, just because it's, I feel like there's so much to learn and I feel like maybe it's just myself, you know, like, um, like the way that I view it. But I, I think that, um, that, that maybe I'm not as prepared. Sometimes I feel like that, but I think I, um, when I talk like locally, like in person, mm -hmm. but I've joined the birding co-op of course. And I think that's helped me find some sense of community, some sense of, of, um, of like I belong. Mm -hmm. So, so when you first started birding, I know you had Luciano and Mary, um, help you out, but, uh, did you f have trouble finding places to go or bird IDs or do you feel like you were pretty well prepared? I think I was, I, I think I was surprised in how much help I could get. I, when I first started, I was always into nature. Um, my parents have, you know, allowed me to do that. And I was into nature and stuff like that. But learning, learning that I live in a place that it has world birding centers, finding all of this out at that time changed everything. You know, I think that I think realizing that I lived in the Rio Grande Valley and that there are all these parks that are available and that there are Facebook pages like Rio Grande Valley birding that helped a lot. Like just, just in, in having a help with an ID and every, every place that I would go, I would find that everybody was really helpful. Mm -hmm. Like they were excited to find a new birder, you know, like excited to see somebody different. And I think I'm just not afraid to like, Hello, you know, like, <laughs> hi, my name's Stephanie. Nice to meet you. I just started, you know, kind of things like that. Um, yeah, I think I, I, I was, I had help, a big help here, but and there's I, a huge community. <laughs> I, that's what I, I think is so cool about the Valley. And, you know, I haven't really experienced that anywhere else. When we first moved there, we went to Estero, um, like the first week and it was during the, the birding festival. So, you know, there's a lot of people there specifically to bird, but we were at Estero and we were trying to look for the Paraki. I had no idea what a Paraki was. And we get out to the alligator pond and there's a guy sitting there like playing with his camera. And I was like, Eric and I were talking about the Paraki and he was like, oh, you can't find it. Let me show you where it is. And he like walked us over and showed us exactly where it was. And then we were just chatting and he introduced himself and he was like, oh, my name's Kevin Carlson. And I was like, oh, Eric, that's the guy that wrote the book. <laughs> Like that, it's just such a unique place. And I feel bad because I talk about this, you know, all the time on our shows. And, you know, if you haven't had a chance to go to the Valley, it's just, it's an incredible place to be a birder. Like it is so supportive. There's so many people out there doing it, but it also like feels so bizarre too, because there's, you know, 2 million local or what is it? 4 million that live, 2 million that live in the four counties there that there's still such a small percentage of residents that are actually participating in it. Are you guys at the Butterfly Center doing anything to try to get, you know, the local community to participate in going outside and exploring all this cool stuff? Yes, I mostly through our social media. We we entice people with all the pictures. Uh, 
So Luciano, Luciano Guerra, he's our photographer. He's our in-house photographer. And he shares all these incredible pictures of everything that we get to see there at, at the place. Um, but yeah, like just being in the valley is different. I like how you said, I haven't seen that anywhere else. Um, here in the valley, I think everywhere you go, state like park wise, mm -hmm. you do have that, like everybody's kind of, a, especially because it's a small niche, that it's like you found your family. Yeah. Like if another birder uh, is out there, you know, you'll find them. I think I've been able to be that, I wanna be able to be that person that I needed when I started birding, you know, like if the, people were nice to me, I'm, I'm paying it back, you know? My friend says that everything goes around, todo mm -hmm. la vuelta, and I think that's definitely true. But um, yeah, we're just trying to make things happen and for it to work out. Well, that's awesome. So what advice would you have for other women that are uh, looking to start birding? I would say just go outside and, and go out to, I would say start with bird walks. Uh, sometimes it, it becomes overwhelming when you go, when you start by yourself. Like even when I first, when I had already done my first bird walk, I tried it out by myself after, like, I got this, I've learned the birds <laughs> and going out by myself. Suddenly I realized I'm hearing something calling, but I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing something, but now I'm second guessing myself. So I started with, so starting with bird walks, I'd say, because going out to bird walks, number one, somebody's helping you out in what to look for, what to listen for, what the names are. And the people that are going to be at a bird walk will be like-minded, are going to be in the same, have that same interest as you. And they will become somebody that can um, help you and that you can even get, like, you can get to know them and they become part of, um, you can be part of that community. And then they'll help you bird too. Maybe they can make a friend to go birding with. For all you know, that's a, that same person is is barely starting as well. well so I awesome. think that's a good thing. That's great advice. Um, thank you so much, Stephanie, for joining me. Do you have any uh, last thing you'd like to say? Or is there a way that we can find out more about you and the work that you guys do? Yes, of course. So we have our, we are the National Butterfly Center. We have our Facebook page. We also have our website and it's just the National Butterfly Center. I, I think I missed out on saying how much it's changed everything for me. I, um, I need to say how thankful I am for it because I fell in love with nature, with uh, everything that encompasses it. So it's not just birds and butterflies. It's our caterpillars, the small, the insects, the plants, everything. Just the National Butterfly Center really is um, a world in its own. They always say, you, uh, you, um, if you plant it, they will come. Mm -hmm. And I have gotten to be part of that, planting each little plant, growing them, and seeing all the amazing butterflies, birds, people that come with it. Um, and I, I, what I want to say is, what I want to say is that birding allowed me to meet a lot of wonderful people allowed me to to know more about this and just experience everything and now I'm thinking like maybe I did find my place in this community <laughs> you know it's like it's just I've made friends like my my one of my best friends Chris Balboni 
I met her through butterflying. Uh, she doesn't do much birding, but she <laughs> butterflies. And thanks to her, I made it all the way to Buffalo, New York, and then down to Mothapalooza in Ohio, and then joined another another tribe. <laughs> so I'm just, I guess what I would say is thank you. Thank you for, I'm so glad nature's out there. Thank God all these people are out there. Even the co-op, you know, I would have never even met, like, the, if I hadn't heard your podcast and met and, like, learned about it this wouldn't happen. And now I feel very happy you all saved me during uh, quarantine. (laughs) Well, and it's been such a a great time getting to know you through the birding co-op. I've really enjoyed, you know, all the chats that we've had. And I can't wait to get down to the valley and, you know, see you in person. (laughs) Yes, everybody should come to the valley. (laughs) It's the best. It's so much fun, especially during um, spring migration. I almost always want to just, you know, take a week or two off during that time. I, I really just want to be stationed there helping people out to get more like birds on their list. <laughs> you might catch me there when you come down. Okay. Yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, did, did you have a shout out? Oh yeah, I do have a shout out to my friend. Um, it's going to be a weird one, but Romo to Witten, thank you for always believing in me and allowing me to be a birder and everything, everything else that comes with it. They put up with me, so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Stephanie. Thank you. It was fun. So thank you, Stephanie, for joining me for this episode. Um, Like I said, you know, you always cheer me up and you always make me happy every time we're on a Zoom call. It's your positivity is infectious and I know how much I appreciate it in this trying time of COVID. So thank you all for listening to my podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and maybe learned something. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Music, and anywhere else you listen to me. If you'd like to connect with me on the socials, please follow me at Hannah Goes Birding on Instagram. My Twitter is at WomenBirdersHH, or you can email me at WomenBirders at gmail.com. Please, if you have suggestions of who should be on my show, please send me an email or tweet or anything like that. And, um... I'd be happy to have suggestions of other people I don't know. I also have resources and information on GoBirdingPodcast.com. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I look forward to seeing you at the next happy hour.